Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm your host, Chef Topher, for this, the very first episode of Cooking with Chef Topher. Please keep in mind that this is a work in progress in the very first episode, and as such, may contain some technical issues or glitches, so just bear with us while we figure all this out. You can contact me through a link in this podcast or on Facebook at the Cooking with Chef Topher page, where I will also post the recipe that we will be going over in this episode. I'm planning on making this uh, two to three times a week podcast. This will enable me to help you, the listeners, with meals for the week. I would really appreciate your input on how many times a week you would like to have a new episode. I'll post a survey on the Facebook page, Cooking with Chef Tover, after the show, and announce how many times a week I will do the show on the episode next Monday. I believe that's going to be February 3rd. I also have a favor to ask. Please share my podcast and Facebook page with your family and friends. My goal is to help the average home cook up to their game in the kitchen and be able to wow their family and friends on any occasion. Now it's time for a little disclaimer. At this time, my only sponsor is Parabellum Farms out of Blacksburg, Virginia. I say this because from time to time, you may hear me mention names like Kikoman, McCormick, Domino, KitchenAid, etc. This is in no way an endorsement from me. It's simply what I'm using at the time or I have on hand. I'll make sure that you know if you absolutely must use a certain item. I will also make sure that you are made aware of any endorsements or sponsors that I may get. Now, this being my first episode, let me take a moment to introduce myself. I'm a certified executive chef who has worked every job in the food service, from bus person to dishwasher, wait staff to bartender, host to manager. Needless to say, I know my way around a professional kitchen. I also have a family that has a bunch of picky eaters in it, so I know how to disguise ingredients without losing the flavor profile. Every recipe that I'm going to share with you in this podcast, from today's recipe all the way to the very last episode, whenever that may be, has been tested personally by me and my family and picky eaters. I have cooked for celebrities, sports teams, politicians, and several people with severe food allergies. I can modify recipes for you if there is a concern. If you need a modification, please feel free to reach out to me through my Facebook page, and I will gladly modify a recipe for you so that it fits in with your dietary needs. Again, my goal is to help you elevate your game in the kitchen, so feel free to reach out to me with any questions and or requests. Now, I decided at a young age to pursue a career in the kitchen. Uh, Spent several summers watching my grandparents cook, my grandmother on both my mom and my dad's side cook. The one who really stuck with me though was my grandmother on my mother's side or on my father's side, I'm sorry. Uh she didn't let anybody in her kitchen. When she was cooking, 
you weren't allowed in her kitchen, so I would sit there and watch. Until one day she asked me if I wanted to help. This was a surprise not just to me, but to everybody. She never let anybody help her. Well, needless to say, that kicked off my love for cooking. The fact that my grandmother, somebody who for years had never let anybody in her kitchen when she was cooking, let me come in and help her. I learned so much from her. She is the one who actually taught me how to disguise food. She didn't like uh, the texture of onions or celery or things like that, but she loved the flavor. She made a spaghetti sauce that's absolutely amazing, and maybe one day I'll share it with you, but you know it's a family recipe, so probably not. But she made this spaghetti sauce that was amazing, chock full of flavor, had perfect amount of celery flavor, onion flavor. Oh my goodness, it was amazing. But there were no chunks of celery, no chunks of onion, nothing like that. That's when I started to learn how to disguise the textures without losing the flavor. And I've made that a passion of mine, disguise the texture so that even the pickiest of eaters will eat it. And now it's time for the good part. The part that you've been waiting for, the part that I've been teasing for about a week, the recipe for mall-style bourbon chicken. You remember when you were younger going to the mall and they'd have those uh, little Chinese places where the old man would stand out there with the tray and bourbon chicken. It was amazing. You know, you get the the free little taste of bourbon chicken. Well, today you're going to learn how to make that. For this recipe, you will need a wok or a large frying pan, some measuring utensils, uh, two large sized bowls, a small bowl or a small cup, heck, even a shot glass would work, a cutting board. Actually, you probably should probably should have a large cutting board and a small cutting board. You'd never want to you know, cook, cut raw chicken and then use that same cutting board with, to cut something else. Uh, but if you only have one, one is fine. A knife, you can use whatever knife you feel comfortable with and whatever knife works for you. Heck, you can use whatever knife you have in the kitchen, except a butter knife. Butter knife won't really work for this. You'll be sitting there and sawing at it like it's a 300-year-old log that has turned to glass. Personally, I use a Sentoku for this. Um, that's just my preferred knife. I, I like the way it feels in my hand. I like the way it cuts. And my Santoku also has a titanium edge, so I can use it as much as I want, do pretty much anything I want to it, and it rarely ever needs to be sharpened. Uh, now that you have these items gathered up and available in your workspace, it's time to gather the ingredients. You're going to need five to six boneless, skinless chicken breasts. Uh, that's going to be roughly three pounds worth of chicken breasts. Trust me, it sounds like a lot, but with this recipe, there probably won't be anything left. Uh, you're going to need some cornstarch, some salt, some black pepper, a canola oil, or whatever oil you have on hand or happen to prefer. Just remember that some oils do change the flavor of what you're cooking, and you want something that's not going to. I would suggest... A canola oil, a uh, vegetable oil, a light olive oil, like mild flavor, light flavored olive oil, something like that. I use olive oil when I'm making this, but 
you know, canola oil is, is technically what the recipe calls for. Um, two cloves of garlic, some bourbon. The cheaper, the better for this. Honestly, you don't want to be wasting that, that expensive bourbon that you, you know, sit down and drink after a hard day of work. Uh, you're going to need some apple juice, some chicken broth, a little bit of water, some light soy sauce. Now, this is important. It's important that you use light soy sauce. If you don't use light soy sauce, it's going to end up tasting like you licked a salt brick. Don't ask me how I know what a salt brick tastes like. Just know that it's going to taste like that. Um, you're going to need some ketchup, apple cider vinegar, light brown sugar, onion powder, ground ginger, and some crushed red pepper flakes. Well, now that we've gathered what we're going to need and put it near your workspace, let's begin the prep. Now, this part's going to take you probably about 15 minutes unless you're really good and really fast. And uh, if, if you're not really good and really fast, and uh, you know, just be sure to check for pieces of your finger because uh, that could happen. Um, but in all seriousness, this part's going to take about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, not, not this po- part of the podcast, but this part of you cooking is going to take about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, first, you're going to take your chicken, put it on the cutting board, and you're going to cut it into one-inch pieces. You take those one-inch pieces as you're cutting you know, and lose room on your cutting board. You're just going to move them into one of the two large bowls. After you get the chicken cut up, you're going to toss in two tablespoons of cornstarch, half a teaspoon of salt, and a quarter teaspoon of black pepper. Now you're going to mix this all together to make sure that the chicken is coated with a light coating of this cornstarch, salt, and pepper mixture. Now you're going to go ahead after that and add two tablespoons of oil to your wok or your large pan or whatever. Make sure that it's a large pan or a wok. You're going to need the room. Uh, Turn on your burner to a medium to medium high heat. Uh, Somewhere right in between is usually what I use. Um, And let it start, let your pan start heating up. You don't want to drop anything in it just yet. You want it to to heat up so that... uh, it just sizzles till it sizzles when you drop something in it. Um, you're going to go ahead and set both, uh, both cloves of garlic aside on your other cutting board. Because again, you don't want to transfer any nastiness that might have been on the chicken that will cook out to the garlic. Cross-contamination is a very bad thing. Um, with that done, the oil should be hot enough. It only takes a, a 30 seconds to a minute for the oil to get hot enough. You're going to swirl that oil around in your pan a little bit uh, to make sure that your pan is coated. And there will be a puddle of oil in the bottom of the pan. That's fine. That's fine. Just that's what you want. Now you're going to take half of that chicken and you're going to put it in that pan. Put it in there and leave it alone. Let it sit. Three minutes. You can cook it for three minutes. Now, during this three minutes, you can go ahead and uh, peel your garlic. Now, I find the easiest way to peel garlic is to cut off both ends 
and use the back side of my knife for the back side of the blade to just kind of score down one side of it and then it usually just peels right off in in one little one little piece um, just set that garlic aside for now now after that three minutes of cooking on one side make sure that you do not mess with the chicken during those three minutes you're going to go ahead and flip the chicken over to the side that was not cooking and you're going to cook it for an additional three minutes and while that's going on, best thing to do is go ahead and chop up your garlic. You can chop it, you can mince it, however you want your garlic. You want it tiny, you're going to get it tiny. You want it big, you're going to get it big. And the garlic you can use to taste if this isn't enough garlic for you. Obviously, you can add more next time you make it, but we're going with the recipe for the mall-style chicken, a bourbon chicken. So I'm using mall-style ingredients. Now, when that chicken is finished, you're going to take it out of the pan, place it in that second bowl. Again, that's important. Don't throw it back in the first bowl. A, because you still have a bunch of chicken in there. And B, because that's just nasty. So, after that, you're going to take two more tablespoons of oil. You're going to put it in the pan. You're going to swirl it around a little bit. You don't have to wait this time. Your pan's already heated up. You swirl it around a little bit, and you're going to throw the other half of that chicken in. That chicken, again, three minutes on each side. You're going to have, go ahead and uh, remove that after it's done, three minutes on each side, and put it in the bowl with your other already cooked chicken. Next to the pan, you're going to add chopped garlic, let it cook for about 20 seconds. Now, 20 seconds doesn't sound like a long time. You, you don't want to cook it all the way through. You just want it to get a little bit aromatic. So in order to waste these 20 seconds, what I usually do is I walk over to the kitchen sink and I go ahead and I get my one cup of water. By the time I get back to the pan, it's time to put the water in. So you're going to put one cup of water in. Then you're going to add your half cup of apple juice, half cup of chicken broth, two-thirds of a cup of light soy sauce. Again, remember, light soy sauce. Uh, a quarter cup of bourbon, which oddly enough happens to be the exact size of an airplane bottle. So if you go to a liquor store to get your bourbon to make this, just grab one of them tiny bottles, dump that whole bottle in. A uh, third of a cup of ketchup. Two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. This is important. Use apple cider vinegar. Don't use just any old vinegar. It, that will really, really ruin the flavor. Um, you're going to add one cup of packed light brown sugar, uh, half a teaspoon of onion powder, half a teaspoon of ground ginger, half, and half a teaspoon of crushed red pepper flakes. Just a little bit of a pop. A little bit of pop of heat. Not, not burn your mouth but enough that you're going to be able to taste it. You're going to go ahead and bring that sauce to a boil. Then after it's boiling, you're going to add your chicken back in, your cooked chicken. Uh, you're going to let this cook together for about 10 to 15 minutes. You can stir it occasionally if you want, but you don't have to. After the 10 to 15 minutes, that sauce should have reduced by about half, which is good. That's what you want. Um, that'll 
draw the flavors together. Basically, it's just cooking off the liquid and it's drawing the flavors together. Um, it's still going to be super soupy and won't look like what you expect just yet. But don't worry about that. We're going to fix that right now. Uh, you're going to take the one remaining tablespoon of cornstarch and add it to your small bowl or shot glass or cup or whatever you decided to use and add a tablespoon of water. You're going to mix this very well so that no cornstarch remains on the sides of whatever you're using or the bottom. It can be difficult to mix up at first, um, but you want nothing remaining stuck to the sides of the, of the bowl or glass. Uh, this is commonly called a slurry. Just uh, cornstarch and water, it's a, it's a slurry. Um, it's an awesome ingredient, cornstarch is. It's an awesome ingredient that will thicken something up and it, it's just cheap, easy to use. You do a one-to-one -one ratio and you're gonna thicken something up really good. So you're about to witness and perform some kitchen magic. <clears throat> Go ahead and add your slurry to the sauce and gently stir. Just make sure that it gets mixed in there good. You know, it's going to turn your sauce a little bit of a white color. That's fine. Mix it up. Mix it up good. <clears throat> and in just a minute, it's going to start to thicken your sauce. You're going to go ahead and keep stirring because you don't want it to lump in the bottom. So go ahead and keep gently stirring this during this time. Um... And you're going to, you know, it's going to slowly thicken your sauce. It'll take two or three minutes, but, it, you know, sometimes if it's hot enough, it'll take 30 seconds. I mean, it depends on, on how hot your mixture actually is at this point in time. Uh, you, and now you just cook it until the sauce reaches the consistency that you like, and it's done. Great job. Now, I like to serve this dish over white rice and top it with a little chopped green onion for that pop of color and that little extra flavor. I never have any leftovers when I make this dish. And for some reason, I feel like I should go walk around the mall after eating it. And I don't know what that's all about. Well, that'll do it for the first episode of Cooking with Chef Topher. Remember, I'll post this recipe on the Cooking with Chef Topher Facebook page right after this episode goes live. Check back on Wednesday, January 25th for episode two, where I will discuss cost-saving measures for making certain dishes, and we will be making slow cooker beef tips. Thanks for listening, and I hope you tune in again on Wednesday.